two generations. One passion. This is Generation Red. Hello, Husker fans. Your favorite father and son duo is back with another episode of Generation Red, the last preview episode for a game for 2021 where we will preview the Iowa game. We are the kettle corn of Husker fan podcast where we try to be sweet, but at times we might get salty. Who knows? Maybe we'll be mostly sweet today because, hey, it's Iowa week. We hate them, but, you know, It is what it is. So we're going to preview the game. We're going to take a look at the stats. We're going to take a look at uh, players that we need to watch on that Iowa uh, team. We're also going to predict the scores and uh, give you a brand new plus minus game for the Iowa game. So Michael, Luke, and Amber, keep playing. You never know what might happen this week because uh, Mike's leading. Luke is actually in second place after gaining two points this week. So Michael and Luke are in line to be on a live stream with the two of us going into the 2022 season. So, either you like that idea or you don't, Michael and Luke. We kind of like it, so we want you on there with us. Anyway, we're going to preview the Iowa game here in a little bit. But before we do, let's take a look at our latest six-pack picks of the week, Scott. Um... Why don't you go ahead and let me know what your first game is that you're looking at. So the first game I've got on my six-pack picks of the week. Well, first I wanted to say hi. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the last uh, <laughs> the last episode of the regular season because, unfortunately, we're not going to a bowl game. So, uh, yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to have to recap Iowa, so it's not the last one of this season. Yeah, I guess last preview. Last preview. Last because, preview game. Because yeah. we, can't, we can't preview a bowl game we're not going to. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. So it, well, let's look at some teams that are going to bowl games because every single team we're about to preview are going to bowl games. Um, I think. I think, yeah, because uh, one of your teams Yeah, they're is, all bowl eligible. Is, uh, is at least bowl eligible, but I won't spoil that. Mm-hmm. So my first game is going to be the <laughs> Iron Bowl, where number two Alabama goes to Auburn, unranked Auburn. Alabama is ten and one. Auburn is six and five. The game is at two thirty. Bama is favored by nineteen and a half points. And as much as I want to pick Auburn to win because I like watching Alabama lose, uh, fortunately I'm just going to have to use some like. <laughs> logic facts and reason here and i do pick bama to win probably i would say that i would go uh like i would bet against the spread um or not the spread uh yeah you bet yeah, auburn to cover yeah i bet i bet auburn to cover the spread um 
I think it'll be a little bit closer than 19 and a half points, probably a 17, maybe 14 mm-hmm. point game with Alabama pulling away at the end because Alabama's played some really close games this year. They haven't been yeah. the full juggernaut Alabama that we're used to seeing. So, um, however, I pick Alabama to win um, probably by 14 points. What are you thinking, Dad? Yep, I'm picking Alabama to win the game as well. I think you're right. I think right in that 14 to 17 point range, like uh, 42 to, I don't know, what would 17 points be? 24, 42 to 24, somewhere in there is what Alabama is going to beat them by. Um, My number one game is number five, Cincinnati. Just because the playoff committee has been basically telling them to go uh, F themselves since they started doing the playoff rankings and they've got to play East Carolina knowing full well that they're going to the AAC championship game. So I'm concerned that Cincinnati might not be completely focused, but knowing Luke Fickle as their head coach, I know he's not going to let them drop off much. So I'm picking Cincy to win that game. Cincinnati is favored by 13 and a half. I think they win by 17, say uh, 34 to 17, I think is what Cincinnati puts up. They might even put up more than that, but uh, that's kind of where I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be a close game. Uh, Eastern Carolina, as far as I've been under the impression of the past few years, they always pull the game really close uh, against teams that maybe they shouldn't beat uh for mm-hmm. instance they played south carolina pretty hard this year losing only mm-hmm. by 3 points um and uh just barely lost against ucf and barely lost against houston which houston's ranked they've only lost one game this year so i think that eastern carolina is actually probably going to end up putting a pretty a pretty good fight against cincinnati i would say that Eastern Carolina covers the spread, and I agree with you. I think that Cincinnati might be might not be completely uh, prepared for this game for the reasons that you stated. So I'm going to say that Cincinnati only wins by seven. Um, and, oh wow! Okay, in a score that looks something like thirty-eight to thirty-one. You know, kind of a higher scoring game. Um, okay. And that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Something like that. Um, Sounds good. The next game that I have on my docket that I'm looking forward to is the old pirate, Mike Leach, and his Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, they, have, they are hosting Ole Miss. Number eight Ole Miss is coming to town on 6.30, at 6.30, on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, according to Vegas... Mississippi State is actually uh, favored by one point. And that's kind of right within my lines of thinking. Um, I'm I'm favoring mm-hmm. Mississippi State to win, to get an 8-4 and four record, uh, and go into the postseason with a top 25 rank since they just dropped out of the top 25 rankings um, and they're receiving votes kind of at the top of the list. So I think Mississippi State is going to have a little bit more to fight for in this game, especially it being a home game on Thanksgiving Day at 6.30, prime time. Uh, I just, I think it's going to probably look something like, uh, probably like 35 to 34, something like that. High scoring game, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
um, and they pull off the win. Mike Leach gets a, an eight and four season. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick at all. Except I disagree. Ooh, I think uh, I think Ole Miss is three to seven points better than Miss, Mississippi State, even though it's in. Uh, Mississippi State Stadium. I know the old pirate is pretty good at scheming. I know he's going to pull out all the stops. Uh, but I think uh, Lane Kiffin's just that much better as an offensive coordinator than um, than Mike Leach. So I pick Ole Miss to win. Uh, they're probably going to win 35-28, to kind of like we lost by this last week. <laughs> Sounds fair. So... That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, that's my that's that's my pick for Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. My second game is the game, the rivalry, according to everybody who thinks that rivalries uh, need to be ranked. <laughs> the Ohio State versus Michigan at Michigan. Um, Ohio State is favored by six, which I'm kind of surprised it's that low. But at the same time, this Harbaugh team is pretty flipping good, uh, other than against us, which is weird. I mean, every team that's has a shot at going to the playoff in the Big Ten has played us, and we've played them better than anybody else in the Big Ten, right? Yeah. Which is weird, and it's also probably why Scott Frost still has a job. <laughs> uh but I can't pick Michigan, even at home, even because I know they look at this game as the game every year. Uh, when Urban was there, Harbaugh couldn't figure out how to beat him. Since Ryan Day's been there, Harbaugh can't figure out how to beat him either, and I don't think they figure it out this week. I think Ohio State wins by seven, if not ten points, probably in that 42 to 31 range something like that what do you think honestly man uh, uh this is if if there were to be a game that michigan actually has a higher substantial rate or possibility of of getting the dub i think this weekend they might have a better chance simply because ohio state's coming off of an incredibly dominant win against uh, michigan state um michigan just bludgeoned mm -hmm. maryland um and they're both 10 and they're both 10 and 1 uh mm -hmm. i mean if michigan pulls off this win they definitely they they have a, a possibility of of getting into the college football playoff but ohio state's still going to win uh yeah. it's it's just it's at 11 a.m. I think both of the. I think it's going to be a sloppy game between the two of them. Like I really think they're going to both play really sloppy. I don't know why. I just have this feeling that they're going to look really bad. Lots of turnovers. Lots of, lots of weird offensive miscues from both sides yeah, of the never ball. Know. Mm -hmm. And I just pick. Uh, I pick Ohio State to win. Uh, I would say yeah by seven. Something like. Uh, I think it will be a low-scoring game because of all the mistakes. I would say Ohio State, mm -hmm. like 31, Michigan 24, something like that. Um, that's that's kind of what that's I'm thinking. That's pretty good. But the last game, on my, the last game on, on my docket here is going to be unranked Penn State 
going to Michigan State. Uh, Penn State's seven and four. Michigan State's nine and two. Vegas has them even on the spread. The game is at two thirty p.m., uh, so an afternoon game on Saturday. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with the uh, well. There isn't really an underdog here. Um, I would say on a on a piece of paper, <laughs> uh, Penn State is the underdog, but according to Vegas, that's pretty even. So I I do pick mm. Penn State because. Once again, Michigan State got their asses just beat down into a pulp by Ohio State. And, I, yeah. you know, there's one of two things they can do. They can either galvanize from it, hunker down, and, and say, you know what, let's go, let's go get a 10-win season for Mel Tucker's second season at Michigan State. Or, you know what, guys, we're going to the postseason, we're going to a bowl game. I mean, it's not that that's what they're telling their guys, but that's the psyche and the mental mindset is like, yeah, well, we, we're doing better than expected. So mm-hmm. losing to Penn State isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. So um, I'm picking Penn State, probably something like, uh, shoot, I don't even know, 27-24, something like that. Yeah, with with even odds, I think that's not a bad pick. I'm I'm going with Penn State too, simply because I'm not sure what Michigan State has left in the tank after getting absolutely obliterated in um, in Columbus because they went into that game with the opportunity to beat Ohio State and get themselves into the playoff talk. Yep, and then they absolutely got smoked. Oh, and by the way, um, I think it was, I can't remember what podcast it was I was listening to, Uh, but, you know, Mel Tucker went into that game with the possibility of a nine and a half million dollar per year contract for the next 10 to 15 years on the table uh, that he was fixing to sign, and then uh, Ryan day said oh yeah my six and a half million dollar contract isn't all that good well let me prove just how much better i am than you and just absolutely (laughs) smoked them um because i think michigan state wants to make sure that mel doesn't leave and go somewhere else don't blame them i think he's been a good coach uh and he's gonna have to prove it this week and i don't think he does i think i think penn state comes in and like you said, beats them by three points. I'm not sure if it's 27-24, uh, 14-10, 17-14. I don't know what it is, but I think it's going to be a defensive, mucky, ugly, ugly game. And at the end of the day, Penn State figures it out. They figure out how to stop Kenneth Walker the third, and he probably doesn't end up winning a Heisman because of this game. So... Uh, Penn State wins. That's what I'm picking. And uh, my third game is Bedlam, my favorite game every year in Rivalry Week. I don't give six craps from Sunday, really, about Ohio State and Michigan. I just picked it because, you know, it's a big game, I guess. But for me, it's Bedlam, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. You never know what's going to happen in this game, no matter what the record. And Oklahoma State is ranked number nine. Oklahoma's ranked number 13. Uh, Okie State is favored by three and a half points. It's a 6.30 p.m. game on Saturday. Definitely a game I'm going to be watching, and I'm picking Oklahoma State 
to not only cover the spread, but I think they beat Oklahoma by 10. What do you think? You know, honestly, I I could copy and paste your thoughts, and, and that would be pretty much what I'm thinking. Uh, I think Oklahoma is, I don't know, they, they've just, they're underwhelming this year. Um, I think that's yep. kind of the uh, story of Oklahoma with uh, Lincoln Riley as their head coach. They have moments of greatness, and, you know, like every single year, it's like the mm-hmm. preseason hype is this is their national championship team. This is the this is the year, and Oklahoma has basically had to fight tooth and claw this whole season um, to mm-hmm. to have ten wins. Um, so I'm thinking Oklahoma State wins by like seven to ten points, um, something like which I guess I'm looking at Vegas right now, and it looks like it's a it's an over under of fifty and a half. So <laughs> that's pretty low. <laughs> it is. It is pretty low. I think that they definitely go over that. Um, probably something like I'm going to pick an odd score. It's going to be like it's going to be like thirty three twenty nine Oklahoma or thirty three twenty. 27 let's do 33 27 so that's that's my odd odd score i guess i mean 27 isn't all that odd but 33 definitely is so that's what i'm thinking yep. um well, i guess Not that kind of that kind of does it for a six-pack picks of the week doesn't it yep six-pack picks of the week have been picked <laughs> So why don't we move on to uh, our Iowa preview? Um, Nebraska's three and nine going into this game, and uh, who knows what's going to happen in Memorial Stadium on Friday afternoon? What I do know is you and I are going to be there. So why don't we talk about what we think we're going to see while we're there? All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Alrighty, so the Iowa Hawkeyes are coming into Nebraska at Memorial Stadium on Friday afternoon on a, what, six-game winning streak, 2015 until last year. So the over-under is 44.5 points between the two teams, which is a little weird because Nebraska averages 28 points a game and Iowa averages 25 points a game, but whatever. <laughs> and Nebraska is favored by three and a half. So let's take a look at the stats that both teams have accumulated over the season. Nebraska is averaging 458 yards of total offense. 273 of those are on via the pass, whereas 186 yards per game via the run. We're scoring 20 ha- 28 and a half points per game, and our time of possession is averaging just short of 29 minutes. At 28.57, Iowa has a total offense over the course of the year of 293 yards. How the f*** are they 9-2? and Damn, now I've got to bleep something. Um, They average 178 yards via the pass, 115 yards via the run, and they're scoring 25.5 points a game, but they beat us in time of possession per game on offense. Uh, 30 minutes and 30 seconds. When you look at the defense, they definitely are better than we are over the season. 
Nebraska averages a total defense per game of 366 yards, while Iowa only gives up 314. We give up 223 yards via the pass, whereas they only allow 211. And we give up 143 yards per game via the run, whereas they only give up 103. Uh, we allow 22 points per game in scoring. They only allow 16.9. And time of possession, Nebraska has allowed our opponents to run with 31 uh minutes per game whereas they're only giving up 29 minutes per game so it's pretty even but at the same time hey this isn't this isn't wisconsin's defense right not even close to wisconsin's defense and we torched them for over 400 yards on saturday so that is the stat comparison how about the players to watch, Scott? I know you've got one on offense for uh, Iowa that's got you a little bit concerned. Who is that? Well, I want to really, I want to really say concerned more so than I would just say it's kind of an appeal. Um, wide receiver Keegan Johnson <laughs> out of Bellevue, Nebraska. He's a freshman. Uh, he was a recruit that we went after kind of later in the recruiting cycle. And he committed to Iowa, and he has been their most productive receiver thus far this year um, with 16 receptions for 328 yards, which, dude, that is a perfect amalgam or analogy or whatever, an example. There we go. Let's use that word. Um, A perfect example of how lackluster Iowa's offense has been when you say their leading receiver has 16 receptions for 328 yards. Uh, however, with mm-hmm. a 20 and a half yards average per reception with a 49 yard long and two touchdowns. And he's yeah. six foot one, 197 pounds, standout receiver from Bellevue, I think Bellevue West. Um, and I just picked him simply because he's a Nebraska boy. He's coming into Lincoln to Memorial Stadium, you know, just an hour an hour west of where he went to school. And I have a feeling that if if uh, <laughs> if he has anything that he wants to do, it's probably shut our fan base up. So I, yeah. I would really love to just see our defensive backs and our corner and our uh, corner room shut him down, um, not give uh, Padilla, 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 Tortilla, um, any sort of any sort of chance or opportunity to throw the ball his way, I want him to be shut down. Um, but I swear, dude, the trend this year has been the guys that I pick that we need to look out for and that we need to shut down, like end up being this the outstanding players of the teams that we have yeah. played against so far. So stop it! Stop so, picking them! Damn it! I, I need to pick. Uh, <laughs> I need Somebody to pick like different. their punter or something, or like a, yeah. like a third string, <laughs> a third string defensive back. <laughs> Look out for this yeah. guy. He has one tackle on the season and and garbage time against you know like he's fixing to break out conference guy or sa- south whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So that's my guy, Keegan Johnson. What about you? Who's your player to watch? Well, mine is the uh, running back Tyler Goodson. He's got 945 rushing yards on the season. So there's a really good chance 
unless Damian Daniels is healthy and Caleb Tanner is healthy, that uh, Goodson's going to go for a thousand this year. He has six touchdowns and he has a total of a 1167 all-purpose yards. So he's pretty good out of the backfield. Uh, that's the guy we need to make sure that we're not letting get loose. Um, and like I said, if Damien's good to go, I feel pretty good. But if he's not and Tanner's out, whoosh, this could be another one of those games where a running back from the opposing offense goes for 200. Uh, so, yeah, Tyler Goodson is my offensive guy I need to watch my defensive guy that I think we need to watch for uh, Iowa is linebacker Jack Campbell he has 70 tackles on the year total 43 of them by himself so he's good in space he has 27 assisted tackles but here's the thing that scares the living daylights out of me he has one interception for a touchdown he has a forced fumble and he has two fumble recoveries for two touchdowns so the one thing that this Iowa defense does is they take the damn ball away and when they do that they usually score <laughs> so uh, what we need to do is make sure that that guy is accounted for on every play and that he doesn't get the opportunity to take the ball from our offense or do something with it when he does so Jack Campbell, linebacker, is the guy I'm worried about. How about you? So the guy that I got picked, uh, or that I picked, <laughs> kind of kind of goes in line with what concerns you the most about Jack Campbell, which is turnovers. I picked uh, yeah. Dane Belton. <coughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Dane Belton, he has far less tackles overall. He only has 37 total tackles, 25 solo with... 12 of those being assisted. However, he has five total interceptions on the year uh, with seven pass deflections. Um, and that just scares the daylights out of me. I think in the last four or five games, he's acquired three interceptions alone. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the, the big difference of this game and how it's going to result is how how we can prevent our offense from generating turnovers and how we can mm -hmm. scheme up against Iowa's defense and prevent them from forcing turnovers. So if there's anybody that I'm kind of worried about that's going to find, well, more so read Martinez's progressions and read his eyes and get his hands up where he needs them to be, I think it's Dane mm -hmm. Belton. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my defensive player to watch out for. That's a good pick. I completely agree. He's he's one of the guys on that defense that I was looking at too, based on his stats. So, um, so there you go. Those are the players to watch for Iowa. Why don't we um, predict the score of the game? And why don't you start that out? All right, which is probably a good thing um, that I'm starting <laughs> out um, because. As I have stated multiple times this season of podcasting, our first season of podcasting, it's been a fun one. It would have been a lot better if uh, we were actually reporting more W's, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I digress. Uh, if I'm looking at 
our matchup against Iowa. I think that the way that this game is going to to turn out is going to be a continuation of our prototypical matchup against Iowa, where I think once again, this game will probably come down to one score. Um, it will probably be decided in the final moments, as it usually is. Um, but if I'm looking at it, Iowa's defense is is really good. Um, I I think that we probably faced one of the best defenses thus far this year against uh, Wisconsin this last weekend. Uh, but I think we're going to basically face the same exact level of defense again against Iowa. Um, but honestly, their their offense is a complete and total dumpster fire. Um, so <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I mean, just look at the stats, man. An average of just under 300 yards per game on the season. The only reason why they have nine wins is because of their defense, hands down. Um, so I think the only chance that we have against them will be to generate explosive defensive plays where we can take advantage of their lackluster offense. And honestly, hopefully we generate some turnovers. Um, and then we have to minimize our offensive mistakes. Martinez can't be throwing interceptions. We can't be fumbling the ball. We've got to keep an eye out for uh, I don't know, whatever Iowa does that keeps generating these turnovers. Um, and ultimately, I think we need to play a perfect game, um, which I'm not all that confident in us doing so. But I have told myself and said multiple times on this podcast, as I said earlier, but I don't think I actually finished my thoughts, so my bad. Um, I've told myself that I will never pick Iowa to win against us, which I had the second thought. I was like, you know, maybe maybe we actually win against Iowa if I pick us to lose. But because I told myself I would always pick Iowa and I'm a man of my word, or at least I try to be, um, I suppose I will do so, but begrudgingly. Um, I think that Nebraska wins this game with a walk-off touchdown, and I'm going to get an oddly specific prediction here. I think it'll be a walk-off touchdown to a dump pass to Allen right down the middle with some sort of play action. And we get a walk-off touchdown in the final seconds of the game. And I think Nebraska wins 21-20, to 20, which if I'm looking at Vegas, that's actually uh, it's just under the under because the over-under is 44.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nebraska's favored by 3.5 points with a 57% chance of us winning like what kind of universe are we in right now that a nine (laughs) a nine and two iowa team ranked in the what are they the top 10 top 10 iowa team or top 20 no they're not top 10 anymore um top 20 a top 20 iowa team against a three and eight nebraska and we're favored to win by three and a half points like Mm -hmm. that is just absurd it's so absurd so I picked Nebraska to win because that's what I told myself I would do. Um, so I'm going to do it. I don't think we actually <laughs> win, but if in the universe that we do win, it's going to be by some some Crazy, weird thing. Something. And and yep. dude, honestly, how so one of the things, one of the talking points of being a Husker fan that we have had this entire season is we need to have a clutch moment. 
we haven't yes. had a clutch moment. And like, I don't remember how long ago it was. It was four or five weeks ago. They were looking at the stats of game winning drives. And at that mm-hmm. time we had, we had 16 opportunities to have a game winning drive, game winning or game tying drive 16. And we only, we only uh, converted on one of them. And that was with, uh, that was with, uh, shoot, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Noah Vedral. Noah Vedral. Yes. Noah Vedral was yes. the uh, guy who took us down to Northwestern win Northwestern two years ago. Yep. Exactly. And so I think what we need as a team, as a whole, as a, as a culminating entity going into this offseason is a clutch win. We need a clutch win. I don't, I mean, I'll take yep. a like 10 point win against Iowa that's decided simply because we beat them and we don't give them an opportunity to come back. Yeah. But I would almost be more happy with us finding a way to win when we're down. And with my yes. prediction of 21 to 20 with a walk off touchdown, that means that we're down, we're down six points, 14 mm-hmm. to or 20 to 14, Iowa's winning. And we do some clutch thing. Martinez throws a perfect pass. It's not overthrown. A <laughs> six foot nine tight end. He just right he gets down his the gut. redemption moment. And I think he that gets his redemption moment. He does. Yep. He gets his redemption moment. And Allen also drops his shoulder, drags like three guys into the end zone with him. Like mm-hmm. that would be. That's what we need. We need to prove to ourselves that we can clutch win a game, that we can will ourselves to yeah. victory. We need that. We absolutely yes, we need do. that. And what better way to do it than against Iowa, final game of the season, knowing we are not going to a bowl game. And I think that that will build resilience in our team. That will show, you know what? Even when we aren't fighting for anything other than ourselves – we can come out on top. We need to do that. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm picking Nebraska to win for those reasons because we have to. We have to win. Um, so I agree. What are you thinking? Uh, I, I I love I love your your take on that. I really do. I think um, it's possible, but <laughs> based on the data that we have so far in 2021 and the fact that the data that we have since the Wisconsin game, I'm not sure who on our defense is going to be healthy enough to play, which is what's kept us in all of these one score games all year long. Is Caleb Tanner and Damian Daniels going to be healthy enough to be back? Those are our two best dudes up front. Is Deontay Williams going to finally be able to play again? And I could argue that, you know, Braylon Allen doesn't have near the day he does if Deontay was healthy. We really missed his tackling ability against Wisconsin. Uh, And really, how much does this defense have left in their tank? How many more soul-crushing, one-score losses do they have to take before the offense finally rewards them for their efforts? With all that in mind, and seeing how well we game plan to pick apart that number one Badger defense, the offense has to show up on Friday on short notice, one less day after getting the living crap kicked out of them 
for four quarters against Wisconsin. And I think they will. I think the offense is going to show up. But Iowa has a really good kickoff punt return game. They've got a guy that's averaged, what, he's got like 870 yards worth of return yardage on kick returns and punt returns. (laughs) And we showed... We showed coverage vulnerability in Madison. So, well, I think we're going to play tough for three and a half quarters, just like we've done all f***ing year. We're going to give up some kind of a big play on special teams toward the end of the game, and the field position advantage will be on Iowa's side coming down the stretch. And they score late to win. Again, 35 to 31 Iowa. I just don't believe. Not this year. I just don't believe. Um, but at least the field goal kicker is not going to blow kisses at our damn sideline this year. It's probably going to be Keegan Johnson. <laughs> a winning touchdown catch uh, that would with be... two and a half minutes left, and he's going to run over to our sidelines and, and blow kisses. Eat some because, corn. You know. Eat some corn yeah. like that running back from Michigan. Yeah, something like that. Throw the black shirts up. <laughs> throw the bones. Show the bo- Throw the bones. That's right. So 35-31 Iowa. That's what I predict. Why don't we move on to our plus-minus segment? Um, I've got plus-minus 140 yards rushing given up by the black shirts. And the reason for that is because Nebraska just gave up 230 yards basically to Wisconsin after stopping the run most of the year. And um, Iowa averages about 115 yards a game that they rush for. I'm not sure with the guys that were out at the end of the uh, Wisconsin game if those guys are going to be back. If Damien's back, okay. If Caleb's back, okay, maybe we don't give up over 140 yards, but I don't know if those guys are going to be back. So I am going to take the plus. I think Nebraska gives up more than 140 yards rushing in this game against Iowa. What do you think? I actually completely agree. I think that it's definitely a plus. Um but however, because of the rules of the game, I will pick the minus because um, I really think that the only way I was going to generate offense against us, especially with all those injuries that you've laid out, um, right. is going to be on the ground. Um, not to say, I mean, it would be the most Nebraska thing in the world like we did against Tanner Morgan and like we've done against other teams where – you look at the team and say this, or yeah, like Purdue, you look at the team and say this is where they've sucked all year. And then they play right. against us and they they do exactly the opposite in that mm-hmm. in that regard. So I, I pick minus um, because that's kind of by default. I would be kind of crazy to pick the number. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think, yeah, I'll pick the minus. Um, and for my... For my plus or minus, I have plus or minus five receptions by Austin Allen specifically. Um, 
like I said with my oddly specific score prediction with a walk-off touchdown to Allen, that means at least one of these receptions is in theory coming from that guy. Um, I because I'm so behind on the plus or minus, I'm just you know having fun with with this one. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the number. I'm gonna pick the number on this one. I think it would be probably easier to actually it could go either way it could be easy to pick the plus it could be easy to pick the minus it's kind of a coin flip there because austin seems to find at least two or three receptions but then in some games he's got more so uh i pick the number i think austin allen gets exactly five receptions just for fun um and that's that's about it what what are you thinking well I think uh, since Scott Frost fired four assistants and nobody thought that Nebraska would put up 400 yards against the number one defense in Madison against Wisconsin, and nobody saw seven receptions for 143 yards for Austin Allen in that game, I think he would get at least 10 targets in this game, and I think we complete at least six of them. So he might not get 143 yards, but I think he gets six receptions. So I'm going with the plus uh, with Austin Allen catching six passes on uh, Saturday. So there you go. I think, uh, holy crap, that pretty much wraps up our Iowa preview. And uh, we've got some fun facts we need to talk about. What's yours? So my fun fact isn't really a fun fact. Uh, I actually struggled thinking of a fun fact because uh, (laughs) I'm a boring person. So uh, looking and finding more stuff about myself. Wait, 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 wait. You're, You're a boring person. You had a motorcycle, a Miata, and a Mazda, whatever the fruit that damn car you've got now is there's there's nothing boring about that all i have is a semi and a house to go home to so you're not boring at all oh thanks yeah i guess i guess i'm not (laughs) all that boring i'm just introverted so it's uh it's i keep to myself i have lots of fun things to keep me occupied lots of little tiny hobbies and niches that i that i lean into but as my dad said in a past tense I had my Miata because, unfortunately, I sold it. I sold it yesterday um, to a gentleman and his, I believe, girlfriend, maybe wife, I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. I sold it um, for no reason other than just being a responsible adult and uh, looking forward to Kelsey and I's plans in the future. Uh, that we want to move out of state in about two years. Uh, I can't drive the Miata in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. There were lots of projects that I wanted to do on the Miata that in the grand scheme of things were going to cost me lots and lots of money and time. And I just didn't want to do it. I really didn't. I figured I did all of the all of the fun little things to just make the car look super fun. But uh cool. Ultimately, I need to repaint it. I I don't need to rebuild the engine, but I wanted to rebuild the engine because eventually I wanted to uh, force induct it with a turbo, and then I need a I need a, an upgraded ECU, and then I need to reupholster mm-hmm. the interior. I needed to do all sorts of little things, rebuild the suspension, 
I needed to rebuild the suspension. Not that the suspension was bad. It's just it's it's old and needs adjustable rocker arms and different coilovers and and just all of that together. I was looking at the price tag of that and I was like, that's mm-hmm. at least three thousand dollars. And when I said paint right. it, I don't mean take it to like somewhere and get it painted because an actual professional paint job costs anywhere from two to five, <laughs> two to five thousand dollars depending on right. you know what kind of quality you get, what kind of paint code you want, blah 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 blah. Um, I was just going to do it myself. I was going to go to Harbor Freight, get a paint gun, completely tape off and plastic up my my uh, mm-hmm. my garage and and attempt to paint it. But all of those things together, I mean, essentially, what would have happened is in a year and a half, I would have had it rebuilt engine, rebuilt suspension, painted it, would have dropped three mm-hmm. to four thousand dollars into the car, and then I'd move to Florida and have to sell it. And basically right. sell it for probably the exact same price that I sold it for now, because I don't know what right. the used car market is going to look like in in two years. And I mean, I bought the car for thirty four hundred dollars, and I just sold it for five thousand. So uh, you I did mean, all right. I did all right. Uh, so I sold it, unfortunately, but um, that money is going to go towards uh, better things, um, smarter things, more efficient things, and. Uh, just being a smart adult about it so it's unfortunate but lord knows that when i move to florida mm-hmm. i will buy another miata it's it's like it's just gonna happen so uh <laughs> it's just it's temporary i don't have a miata right now i have plenty but... of i have plenty of hot wheels miatas i'm staring at six of them in front of me right now and i've got about another dozen or so mm-hmm. on the wall behind me hot wheels hanging up on the wall so for now i can just look at little miniature versions of it and then just you know stay on my miata mm-hmm. pages and just sulk in my misery but um that's what i did not a fun fact but a fact um about myself so that's about it what about you well well i've actually got my acoustic guitar back on the road with me oh yeah and do? uh Oh, yeah. For the last week or so, I've been playing and trying to figure out where to put my mic that I use for this podcast to record the guitar. Uh, And I think I've figured it out because it really brings out some warmth and richness of sound in a 24-year-old guitar that I've had now. And I'm really surprised at how good it sounds. Uh, but I haven't recorded anything yet. But when I do, I'm hoping that somewhere down the road on this podcast, I can actually uh, play a little bit of the stuff that I've recorded from my guitar right here in the truck, believe it or not, because I'm surprised. I really am surprised how good acoustically this truck sounds to record the podcast. And I was really surprised how dead and nice it sounds in here to play guitar so uh yeah that's that's my fun fact is i'm back into playing guitar i'm back into oh and by the way your uh niece and nephew had no flipping clue that i could play guitar oh no idea i bet you no idea minds oh yeah uh well your sister and your mom bought them little cheapo ukuleles and guitars or whatever 
when they were in Lincoln the other day, uh, or a week ago, or whatever it was. <laughs> so they come home, and they're just strumming on these things. They're like, look at, listen, Grandpa, it's music, it's music, it's music. And I'm like, just give me some bourbon, because this sucks, right? And uh, <laughs> so I, I asked Levi, I was like, dude, is my guitar in your room? He goes, yeah, it is. I said, bring it out. So he brings it out, and they looked at me, and they were like, oh, you can play guitar, Papa? And I'm like, yes, I can. So I started playing a little bit of something and just finger-picking and doing all that kind of stuff. And they are like, oh, that's really pretty. But listen, Papa, we can play better. <laughs> they start strumming on those guitar, bring, that bring, guitar, bring, that bring, ukulele. Bring, bring. Yeah, and it sounded like absolute dog crap, but they didn't think it did. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to play with you because you think you're really good and I don't want to mess with your mind. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. Uh, so that pretty much ends this Iowa preview and our fun facts and all that good stuff. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can find us at genredpod.com where you can listen to the show right there in your browser. You can download the show in your browser or you can subscribe to our show via the links that are provided. If you listen to us in your favorite podcast app, please take some time to take a minute to rate our show and give it a positive review. It helps our show get found. Uh, let's see here. Facebook.com slash GenRedPod is where you can go to play the plus minus game. I know it's the last game of the year, but who knows? You might make a little bit of points up and get to be part of a live stream with us. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter at GenRedPod and also on YouTube at Generation Red Live, where we will be live streaming the show starting in 2022. And if you want to be a part of those first five or six live streams before the season starts in 2022, you can send us an email at genrpodcast at gmail.com which is also where you can send any comments, questions, or suggestions for the show. We really appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you next week when we recap the Iowa game. Hopefully, because we actually won and the students stormed the field after going 4-8. and eight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Iowa's corn sucks oh, so bad. Oh, God. He's, he's got I'm Ken together with Generation Red reminding you that even if Iowa wins on Friday their corn still sucks yep go Big Red uh, Iowa's corn sucks eat a good steak treat yourself right don't jump off of high surfaces and remember in case you forget always remember This podcast is not associated in any official capacity with the University of Nebraska or the Cornhusker football team. All opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts alone and are intended for entertainment purposes only. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Stay sweet and salty and go Big Red. Go Big Red.